Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, you sons of bitches. It's Comedy Filmers <laughs> episode 356. We're still here. Yep. <laughs> we're going to yep. be talking about some movies. Uh, what? Today? Yeah, we are. There's I thought we were going to talk, talk about, about sports or mm. like the Olympics. Well, there or... was a big game. I didn't watch it. No. First time in my adult life I didn't watch it. For real? For real. Didn't watch it. Same went here. On, went on a bike ride. First time in my life. Yeah. yeah I've wow. always watched the game and I just was like. I watched it and I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, am, I kind of am done with the whole thing. I wanted to see the uh, trailers and the commercials and. How were they? Uh, they were good. I got to see a great new Logan trailer <laughs> and a great new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Oh, well, I just saw an ad for the American. I couldn't tell you who won. <laughs> no. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Evil one. Um, uh, what? Yeah, I. I uh, I saw I watched for about ten minutes and saw the ad for the American Petroleum Institute and I turned the fucking TV off and went on a bike ride. <laughs> it's just like there's war commercials and oil and you I know, was. No, I don't know though. If you say institute, how could it be bad? It can't be bad. There's real scientists behind <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's an institute doing alternative science. People facts. are learning. <laughs> isn't, isn't there an institute for world domination? Though? Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah. If not, we should start one. Yeah. I'd like to fund that. that. Yeah. I think you know what I think I'm going to do. It's not called the Institute of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> the Doom University. Yes. Or <laughs> I'm going to start that though. I think I'm going to just start an evil, like corporation and religion, and just see how far I can go with it. Mm, just, you got to pick. You, you could go very far. I mean, yeah, this yeah. country has great proof of that. I think. <laughs> There's this fantastic. Yeah. I think it's. I think I'm going to do that. I'm well, going to just start. I'm it, done being the nice guy and the well, good. We, at least we'd have another movie to make. Then, yeah, we'll that. make we'll a movie watch, about yeah. Graham lost his shit and started yeah. his own thing. And moving backwards, real quick, we could have called that a Doomiversity. That's true. <laughs> just you know, I, I would be remiss to not hit that. Great catch catchphrase. <laughs> well, we should introduce our, our guest. First time guest. First time guest. First time. We met this gentleman at the Napa Film Festival. Yes. He has an outstanding documentary that we're going to talk about a little later on. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, Nate Galtham, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. How was the um how was Napa Valley for you? Because we talked about it on this show. We we were like I think a lot of us were like, holy shit, because we've all been to a lot of festivals where it's like right. filmmaker party and there's like a keg and a bowl of chips. And this <laughs> right. thing was like. Never ate or drank as well as. Ever. Oh, it was ever. outrageous. Yeah. The thing for me is that I live in New York. I don't have a car. I don't drive that often. So everything was 35 minutes away from yeah. each other because yes. it happens in the four towns, right? It's literally in a valley. It's yeah. not you like, are in you think, oh, it's one city. Which, no, no, it isn't. No. It's through the entire Which I didn't thing. really understand until I was <laughs> smack in the middle of it. <laughs> And there is wine at everything, yeah. which is great. But you're, dr- I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know how, you, you know, people have different abilities to uh, take in <laughs> wine and operate a vehicle, right? I have a low, low ability to do that. But I had a great time. I thought it was amazing. The food was ridiculous. The uh, wine, the party. I mean, how many parties were there? I, I don't know. I there, it, every, eight. There, were eight. there was always, and like, oh, there my, was a party every 10 minutes. My girlfriend goes, God, Napa, I feel like there's always a band setting up. <laughs> like every everywhere we were at, there was some band and then like yeah. a f- wine tasting. Because yeah. usually the thing, and, and and look, I love the festivals. Hey, we produce a festival, and usually there's some somebody like Vitamin Water, someone like that. <laughs> right. And the first day you're like, oh sweet, and by like day four you're like, I can't, <laughs> I can't have another one of these yeah. sponsored whatever. That's the only thing that's available. But this festival was like, I the dinner. Oh, that did, that did the winery did Oh my god, that was yeah. one of the greatest meals I've ever had in my life. I know yeah. that was insane. 
And uh, the other, th- but I will say back to the vitamin water idea, I did get a little burned down on popcorn because there was those huge oh, bags of giant popcorn yeah. every yeah. single, yes, and I love popcorn, so I jumped into that. But by my fourth screening, I was like. I can't do this. Uh, another bag of popcorn. I know you're right because because I I did the same thing and I was like, well, no, I always eat popcorn at the movies, but I'm like, no, wait a minute, you don't go to movies four days in a row, right. like, right. like right. Right. exactly, you know, and I don't, and I actually don't have popcorn every time I go to the movies, so I'm having popcorn maybe three times a month, whereas there it was like every day, and every like, everything a popcorn had a wine pairing, yeah. So. <laughs> It was every time like, well, this is wine dinner. You have to try this wine. You have to try this wine. And and even like at that amazing dinner that we had with the sponsor, it was like, you know, you had wine tasting there too. And you had this one that I'd never had before. I'd never tasted like a dessert wine that tasted almost like sugar, like a sugar wine at the end. But it was so good. But everything was so good. It like was. Uh, that, like that last night party, the food at that. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Like oh jeez, <laughs> I've had dreams about that party. It was. <laughs> I mean, and I remember the thing with the, at like the the big dinner for the filmmakers or whatever, where they had the then they, the person would come out from the winery and right. explain like. I honestly felt like such a bumpkin. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything about wine and they're, exp- oh, it has, a, it has a hint of this and everyone there, they're all, it, they all live up there. So they're all wine people. They either right. own a vineyard right. or they go to one every day right. or, they, they, or they work at one. They work at one. <laughs> everyone knows. I felt like it was, it must be when somebody who's like not a, a filmmaker hanging out with a bunch of filmmakers talking about the F-stops. F-stops and the details and the like, <laughs> the, all of like the edit room and you're just there like, I just like movies, you know? Like, yeah, that's totally. what I just felt like. That, that party in particular, the winery one, I, I that one I totally felt like, what am I doing here? I am a stranger in a strange oh, land right I didn't now. dress correct. Chris was me making either. fun of me. I had like a t-shirt yeah. on. He's like, Graham, you are the most underdressed person here. I was like, I didn't know. And that came from me. Yeah, no, Did Chris you? said that. Chris Did said- you guys go to the gala? Because oh, the fucking oh, yeah. gala was, yeah. was ridiculous. That, I really was just standing in the middle of a room among a sea of a million people, and I was like, this has been great. I had some great wine and food here like I did everywhere else, right. and it's time for me to go, because I am out of my, like, oh, I know. I'm I totally just, out of my element. Mm-hmm. I felt like I just need to go it was amazing, but. to a taco stand yeah. and just fucking <laughs> settle exactly. and just relax. Um but no, it was uh, it was fantastic, and um, we'll, it was may a, it continue forever. The Napa may, Valley God Fantastic bless them. God yeah. bless them. Did you guys have good screenings there too? Because I, I my oh, screenings yeah. were awesome. We had yeah, really we good did. screenings. Two days were great. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a lot of, and it was the thing that was cool was it was like we screened in every different city, right? right. Yeah. So you got to you got to go because I've never been up there, right? So I got to kind of go early, and we'd ex- kind of walk around that little town totally. and get the vibe of it, and. Right. Each town was a little different. It was. It was really. It was really. It yeah. was. It was fantastic. I'm so stoked I got into that. That was. I know. <laughs> I know because. And at the the, when we started talking, I think at one of those workshops during mm-hmm. the the filmmakers and residents thing, which was cool when we were, when they split us up between narrative and doc, right. and we we're. I think we both. I, I kind of remember us talking at some point. At separate times, maybe. I mean, I remember going like. Listening to these people talk and looking at their resumes, like I do, we belong. Oh, you, you know, <laughs> what am I doing in this room? I know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to argue, but but wow, yeah, yeah. I'm a filmmaker in residence. You were in like the resort with all the other documentary makers. Dude, there was only the ten resort. of them. The resort was nuts, yeah. and it was it was such an honor. And yeah. but it was it, it was cool because. You know, we both sort of were like, oh my god, there's these people who like have won Emmys for their journalism and all right. this. 
and then you kind of go at first you're like i don't belong here and then you go no no actually no i do i do like yeah, the, the, i made this film i made it film. it's a solid it's film and, and then once those conversations started happening you that, found you actually had more insight than you thought right. yeah and every <laughs> i thought those conversations some of those conversations was a flow among and i i didn't feel like anyone was looking no. at us only we were like we were only there, no one <laughs> nobody else were like oh that guy's here wow yeah. they were probably going jesus how did he get the men at work guy and, oh, wow, <laughs> right, fuck, yeah. i don't know anything about That's podcasting right. or whatever yeah, i'm sure right, they were exactly doing that same thing exactly right um all right, well let's uh let's get into let's it. Let's get into some movies. Uh, let's talk about Hell or High Water. Now, I um I finally had a chance to see this movie. You had seen it a while ago before it was even nominated. Yeah. And um so I saw it through some kind of different glasses where it's like, "Oh, best picture nominee." And like, you know, after it got all kind of the hype. And I have to say I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I wanted to mention Which says something it, because sometimes too much hype makes you exactly. not like it if you see yeah. it too late. Right. So I was I was actually a little worried about that. So I tried to manage the expectations, and uh, um, I thought Ben Foster and Chris Pine did an amazing job. Um, and of course, uh, you know the nominations I think are all well deserved. Supporting actor mm-hmm. was uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, fantastic. Um, I'm not completely on board with his accent when he does that. <laughs> When he's the country singer, when he's a uh, he's an old knight in that other horrible movie that no one saw oh. but me, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and this movie, the old knight. Yeah, movie? I, you I know which one I'm talking, talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. And he was like talking with his grizzled kind of like his marbles and his. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you don't have to do that in every movie. That's even, uh, even like Iron Man. Uh, his his voice was a little like. Okay. Oh, Bergara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's you don't have to. It's okay. Um, This movie really felt like a uh, um, a mix of like old westerns, but also true grit, and Mm -hmm. also kind of like that turn of like you know you have banks, but you also have kind of the end of the ranches and the cowboy and all these things. All these themes get touched on in this film. Uh, but what I loved most about this movie was how grounded it was. Like this was one of those Western bank robbie ground movie, but it didn't like get hyper real where there's like a hundred police cars chasing them, right? Where or it's like you know there's this giant heat style shootout like in like in an old west like an OK Corral kind of thing. Um, it really felt grounded from start to finish. Even when things escalated, you never felt like, oh, this is too Hollywooded up or or mm-hmm. felt like, you know, this is this is too much. I really felt the entire thing from start to finish was grounded in such a really um, uh, skillful way. Right. So I, I really liked um, the way um, the, the entire movie, the tone and the grounding of the film. The other thing I really liked is that uh, you couldn't predict what was going to happen next. Oh, cool. Like, you really felt like, all right, well, this movie's heading in this direction, but I don't know what's going to happen. Like, when you watch, like, if you remember Unforgiven, sure. with Clint Eastwood, the way he directed that film, you're on the edge of your seat because you don't know how each scene is going to end. And I felt that way with this one where, you know, all right, they're bank robbers. Are they going to get caught? Is it going to be a big shootout? Is it going to be a Bonnie and Clyde and all those things? And uh, the movie surprised me, did some interesting things at the end. Mm. And it didn't do anything that um, was against the characters. It didn't do anything that was, you know, like, what? What What just happened? It, it Everything felt real and well-developed in this world that this movie created. So I thought it deserves Best Picture. I really like it. It deserves the Best Picture nomination, in my opinion. I think I still think Lion is the Best Picture, but I'm glad uh-huh. this movie got a nomination, mm-hmm. especially because it, re- it was released in the summer. So it, uh, it, yeah. it didn't get the big, you know, Oscar season, you know, groundswell push. push. Mm-hmm. Um so it is it is a it is a really solid film. It sounds like it was really well written. Some of those yes. things you said 
feel well, grounded in good writing. To yeah, me. yeah. It's Taylor sure. Sheridan wrote it, so um, yeah. he he's pretty fantastic, and and he also wrote Sicario, which, which was great. I just watched Sicario again. Man, it's so intense. Oh my god, that's yeah. such a good movie. It's a really good movie, and it's one of those movies that Sicario deserves a second watching. Because it's so intricate. Like, it's hard to follow yeah. the first one. Like, wait, wait, is he CIA, FBI? Wait, wait, where are they? Right. Like, mm-hmm. they're in Texas? No, wait, they're in Mexico? Like, what's going on? So- and she was, am- I'm, I'm spacing oh. on her name right now, but she was- Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily, she was amazing in that film. Oh my God. Well, that's the thing, you know, that movie and the movie she did with Tom Cruise where she yes. plays a badass. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Which has an- another name too, yeah. right? <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow again, or something. Didn't they change it to like <laughs> the world of the edge of this or something? Yeah, they changed. Oh, that one had a uh, a ton of names. Yeah, it did. It was uh, which uh, made me think di- of Live Die Repeat. That's right. That's and then right. the graphic novel was called um, All You Need Is Kill. Oh, really? Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was actually a pretty. I, once the name thing started happening, I was like. That felt like maybe that meant it wasn't very good. Right, the right. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty rad, actually. That was a really cool it's movie. It's never a good sign, by the way. And right. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If no one's quite sure the yeah. name of your movie, yeah. there's probably a problem, you know? Um, but like, going back to Taylor Sheridan, and well, first of all, we should say Emily Blunt, it, I'm, that movie was her first sort of out of the like girlfriend and the romance right. movie into the like, oh, I'm a badass. Yeah, totally. And Sicario, she's like a cop, a flawed cop with, you know, bad personal life, badass. Yeah. Even though that's sort of a cliche, it's a cliche for a reason because most cops, had just, their yeah. lives are fucked. You know, it's just too weird. I think in movies too, you, I mean, I thought that movie actually <clears throat> kind of got that idea. And I mean, I've seen that idea in my own life, like that that tension between um, between having a life and having a career. Right and and like I remember working in New York City in in TV post production studios and this like senior audio guy that I was kind of working under was like yeah if you want to be good you just have to do nothing else and I was like oh that sounds shitty yeah but like I think that that film really kind of got that a little bit and it's, that that trope is about that yeah that tension you know and also the well the trope of that tension but also the trope of you're gonna witness horrible stuff and then you're supposed to just come back to your apartment in the suburbs and right. Go shop at the store, and, and this, you know this was a character study too. Sicario was real, just like we're going to dig into these characters, right. yeah, totally. And that's what Heller Highwater did. Like I felt like I mm. knew, I knew why Jeff Bridges was doing everything he was doing. I knew Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Like I knew everything that they were doing, right? From a motivational character point mm-hmm. to I was and and the as you said, Chris, the way it's sort of weaved together. And I don't want to give away endings, but. It's so worth seeing. If you haven't seen this, if this slipped through the cracks for you, man, you got to watch it. It slipped through the cracks for me. Is it? Is it set in the past? Um, no, 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 no. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's present day. Right. It's got present it. day. And one of the things that's kind of great about it is it's sort of showing how the banking crisis, um, how it affected Western Texas. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that specific part of the country. Yeah. Like it affected all of us in various different ways, and this is how it affected that part of the country, and that's why there's some of this like. You know, the hell with that bank. I'm glad they're robbing it. You know, there's right. a little bit of that in there. Um, I actually felt this script was even a little, um, tighter and more well um, crafted from a structural standpoint than Sicario. Oh, wow. Like, I really, I thought I thought this really, uh, they really did a nice job with this from start to finish. I gotta get hip to this. And, you know, it's also, you look at a guy like Chris Pine, you know, an actor like, well, yeah, we've seen him in Star Trek and a couple of other of these, you know, movies. I'm like, does he have, is he really a good actor? You know, when you see these giant big budget action, you know, 
movies where the actors don't get a chance to act, you wonder, well, can he? Can he? And uh, the answer is yes. He did a really well, good job the in this proof, movie. The proof of that is he's going against Ben Foster. Right. Ben, mm-hmm. who's awesome. Yeah. So if Chris Pine sucked... It would have been it would, so you, you, you obvious. You would have seen it even it, more. Oh my yeah. God. It would have been <laughs> just right. like, it would have been like a guy with bad hands, uh, you know, getting passes from Tom Brady. Right. Like it just would have been like, wow. So, um, yeah. So, see Hell or High Water. Getting passes from who? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tom Brady who's everywhere. Yeah, I know. So who's he? Has he done anything? Um, okay, well, let's go into... Um, Nate, now you saw Life Animated, which is one I of the Oscar-nominated uh, docs. Yeah, uh, what's the? I haven't seen that one yet. It was. Um, I thought it was um, pretty affecting. Uh, it's really personal. It's a really kind of small story in a way, especially compared with like you know the OJ thing and right. the. Um, well, give it. What's, what's it about? It's about uh, a, a young guy who, who at the age of three. Um, Kind of disappears into himself and and find that his parents find that he's you know on the spectrum uh, and and is autistic and and they he's just gone he just doesn't communicate can't doesn't really move much and they don't know what to do and it kind of rolls out slowly over uh, a couple of years that he um, has internalized Disney cartoons to, and and can actually communicate with his family through like the the plot lines and even direct quotations of Disney cartoons. Um, and then, and so it kind of trace, it doesn't, it has a nice structure where they kind of juggle between telling the story of how he just kind of disappeared and the medical side of that. And then going into slowly him coming back into sort of a relationship with his parents and his brother through Disney cartoons. And, um, it was, it was, man, I was surprised by how emotional I got uh, at, at times. Mm-hmm. And in the in the early going, in the first few minutes, I was like, I don't know if you guys ever have this, but sometimes with docs that are really like emotionally uh, charged, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I'm actually not moved by them. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so... It's not that's not across the board, of course, but it mm-hmm. just depends. And and I'm not always uh, so sometimes I can recognize, wow, this is a really intense. Um, I can't even think of a good example of it right now, but you know this is an intense issue, and it's a, and they did a good job with it. But I don't really like this film that much. And I thought that I was going to be in that uh, realm with this, and and then I was totally drawn into mm-hmm. it. It was uh, it was very interesting and, and heart heart wrenching. And then and then they bring it into the present, which I thought was really great. And you actually follow him as he's an adult and uh, at the age of twenty three and. And uh, sort of having to live a life, um, and the way his parents and and the, his counselors and stuff, it was it was really uh, affecting, you know. Hmm. So, uh, how many docs have you made? One. One. Yeah. So this just this, this, this is it. This, this is the, the first, first one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you always watching a lot of docs typically, or did that happen because you were making one? Yeah. No, I've I've always watched a right. lot of docs. I, 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 I've just always been interested in docs and, mm-hmm. and particularly music docs. I mean, that's kind of my, the thing I really love. Although right. any, any well-made doc, I'm like some kind of monster. Um, I was, I found it really interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating. I'd watch it again just from being interested in it. I don't know if I liked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, um, I, I like Metallica through you know, um, Injustice for All, mm-hmm. and then I, and then and the Black Album was big for me. But like I don't know, I'm not the the you know, 
late '90s and 2000s Metallica. I don't know. I I thought it was a that was a weird film to me in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, f- super interesting idea to film a band, a mm-hmm. massive rock band. You know, in with a psych- psychologist or psych- whatever whichever right. it was. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, compelling. I don't know if I liked it. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> what would you say your favorite music doc was? Uh, I love Scorsese's um, No Direction Home, the Dylan film. Mm-hmm. I think that is incredible. Um, I really like the Bob Weir documentary, Bob Weir from uh, Grateful Dead. Uh, I can't remember the, guy, the name of the guy who directed that, but that's a Netflix doc. Um, that's a really good one. The Nina Simone doc. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. my gosh. That is like a gut punch. Um, well, let's. I'll go into the Sharon Jones doc that I saw in a second. Oh, but yeah. Let me ask you this with Life Animated. Of the other Oscar nominated docs that you've seen, where do you put it in terms of potential for winning? I don't think it has a lot of potential to win, not because of its own merits, but because it just feels like a year where. Um, one of these big docs about racism, heavy uh, issue about pieces. race, rather yeah. is gonna mm. is gonna win. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. And generally, the the heavier issues doc always beat over the yeah. the, the quote lighter docs. Not right. that it's a I mean, lighter this doc. Is, this is this is you know, this is a heavy issue, but it's yeah. more. It's so personal. It's right. really like a, mm. one family, you know, and one. Uh, it's usually the yeah. I think that's a, that's an accurate appraisal. Of. It's not a lot of historical footage from the 30s and 40s <laughs> right. put into it. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, but it's all. You're right. I mean, I think again, not that this doc is good or doesn't have value but when like one person's struggle doesn't seem to have the same resonance with the academy as this big issue global issue right you know and and maybe this year that may be even for sure exacerbated a bunch it's gonna especially after the oscar so white thing last year they're they're, they're gonna it's and and i've the oj and 13th are I haven't seen the, any of the other ones, but OJ 13th are fantastic documentaries. Yeah. And the, the word is that I'm not your Negro is amazing. Yeah. And it looks incredible. Well, I, I want to see that too. I want to see Life Animated. Um, I will suggest this to anybody who's seen 13th. They've just released a bonus interview on Netflix yes. between Ava DuVernay and Oprah. I didn't see it, but I saw that it, it exists. It's, thir- it's a 30-minute interview. So after you watch 13th, then watch that, and it's really cool. It's like a DVD extra. It is a DVD mm-hmm. extra. It's absolutely a DVD extra, and it does cool things in terms of. Thank God we're seeing that on Netflix now. Yeah. That, yeah, because we need we can't lose what's cool about DVDs, even though DVDs are going to start to go sure. out or continue to go away. I guess mm-hmm. no, but that's the thing. The bonus content is even so. We just made a bunch of them, right? <laughs> just, I know we did. We did too. There's ten boxes behind yeah. us, Nate. Please don't say that. No. no that's <laughs> What am I? I mean, I'm trying to put DVD in there. <laughs> Believe me, uh, we're not going to give you a box of them. <laughs> uh, no, but no, but the thing that was so cool and why I would recommend is it's great, just in interesting bonus footage. But as a documentarian, you'll love it because she talks about her process. Like Oprah's, like, how did you? Yeah. Why did you go with this and that? And she goes, you know, she said something, and I'm paraphrasing here. Um, really compelling. She said, a documentary, you have to just kind of let it take you where it's going to go. It's so true. Which is so true. And, and, and the way she phrased that with regard to the specific question from Oprah is like, oh man. And the other thing I'll give her credit for, she is, it's great. She's obviously, she's met Oprah before. So she's in awe of Oprah, 
but she's also not afraid to hold her own. Not that Oprah's trying to come at her, or sure. but Oprah will say, well, you know, I kind of seem like you were doing this. She's like, actually, no, no, that was not what I was trying to do. Oprah I was actually trying to do this, right. and you're just and and it wasn't a fight. It wasn't a it wasn't a tense moment. But in my head, I was just like, damn, she just told Oprah. Like, yeah, she, <laughs> she wasn't afraid to just be uh, real to be real, Oprah, which right? Oprah loves. I mean, Oprah's not like Barbara sure. Walters trying to like intimidate you or press you into a certain emotional corner. I can see that. But it's it's fantastic. It's just it's Oprah asks great questions. She has great answers. And she really talks about, you know, what she learned, which is another thing I'm sure happened to, has happened to you as a documentarian, it happened to me with podcasting. Like there's shit yeah. I learned about podcasting that she's like, I didn't know about, I think she talks about the ELEC or, or organization. Right. She goes, mm-hmm. I didn't know about them. Right. I was like, D- uh, wow. Yeah. Intense, deep, fascinating. Like, oh Yeah. And trying to get certain interviews with people and why she, and then she, oh God, it's great bones. She, why she chose the backgrounds for everybody. Uh, She's like, I wanted it to seem very industrial working. So I wanted steel. I wanted brick. I wanted wood behind people. I was like, oh man. Like it was like Angela, the Angela Davis interview, why she picked that. (laughs) that, I'm haunted by that setting. Actually, it's funny you bring that up because it's just, exquisite it's so good and it's the way the uh, shot was composed too yeah. like it was you know you see more background than subject right in a lot of those and that's the cool thing and i'm sure you've struggled with this as you know we've talked about this at length on this show about an earbuds that as as i'm sure you've had to when you're just doing talking heads like how do you make that compelling I like know. what do you do and she's composing a shot yeah. for a talking head interview and it's like that's how to fucking make a documentary. That's right. That, which is why I'm dying to make it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm dying to make another one f- because I want to, you know, cause I don't w- like, we were like run and gun. Sure. So, so like the idea of thinking that hard about how, how you frame your, your an interview subject is, well, it's I'm dying. I'm me, dying you know? to make one with a with a probably a million dollar budget like she had. That's what I'd like. That's what I'm dying to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That's true. That is a big piece of it too. But you know, these days you can. Um, it's not. It's not all money. Time and and uh, you know, wherewithal. I guess you know, finding mm-hmm. spaces like you could you could do that. You could get beautiful spots and and compose a great shot without a million dollar budget for sure yeah the time the time is in the doc in my opinion is it's post. it's the post oh, that's totally. where the, the money and the time is so yeah. it's like if you don't have the money to pay a team of editors their actual full rate right you you've just added 18 to 24 months to your thing yeah like minimum yeah maybe 36 months like <laughs> You know, you're like, not wrong. <laughs> you know, it's it's that. like yeah. because that's the thing why these Oscar docs, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but but when you have a million, half a million dollars to a million dollars, then you go, we got the footage, three months of editing, yeah, go right, and a team, team, of team. Yeah. not a just team. one. No, no, no. Yeah, you right. have exactly. a an half AE and a one do- you 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 have a team, you have ten AEs or whatever, at least a half a dozen people yeah. in post working yeah. versus just the one editor that you hired. Right. Who's doing you a favor and giving you their half day rate or whatever. Yeah. Which is, or <laughs> less. You or less, half, yes. Yeah, yeah. And giving you half days. Yeah, yeah. and giving so. you. He, he, so. and our, our editor was a, was a, a hero. Literally, hero. I mean, you know. Hero. Yeah. Well, let's talk so about a couple hero. more and then we'll yeah. get into your film. Yeah. Yes. So, Chris, you saw. Uh, I saw Batman Return of the Cape Crusader. 
So, uh, and uh, this surprised me. The budget was three point five million. It's an animated movie from uh, from DC. It's you know they've done a lot of their DC animated movies that have been a lot more adult and violent and stuff. And this was a complete departure. It was a um, um, basically a homage to the old '60s Batman, mm. and it had Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar all uh, reprise their roles and did the voices. That's amazing! So wow, it, it was uh, it was really interesting to watch, and um, it was there was like all these little Easter eggs in it, like. Catwoman says she'll give up crime and run off to Europe with Batman and drink tea, which is the ending of The Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. And uh, the artwork Joker steals is of a clown mask that Heath Ledger wore at the beginning of The Dark Knight. Now, um, it's really fun to watch. There's this huge nostalgic factor. However, I don't know if you didn't watch or grow up on the Batman from the 60s, even if you discover them in reruns or whatever, I don't know how interested you would be in this. I mean, there's the great jokes about, um, you know, the death traps of like the giant blenders and TV dinners and stuff like that, where, uh, but at the end, I'm like, I'm not sure, like I enjoyed it. My kids didn't. They're like, well, I don't, this is kind of funny, but I don't, you know, I like the other Batman because. So it was made more for adults? It was made more for, I I don't, because it was only PG, but it was made more for specifically people who enjoyed the 60s Batman. (laughs) Like, uh, if you enjoyed that and you have a nostalgic um, uh, part in your heart for for that uh, old series, I think you'll really enjoy this. If you didn't like it or if you don't know what it is, you might not enjoy it as much. Um, But one of the things, too, that was uh, was really interesting about it was that they tried to modernize a little bit and kind of make jokes about, you know, what the 60s Batman was, but it didn't really go that far. It was more of like a uh, a playful homage to it, more than kind of like, if you remember like the Brady Bunch movies when they came out, oh, that was like yeah. really turned it on its ear. It didn't do that. The other thing too is we just recently had a lighter, funnier Batman series called Batman Brave and the Bold, which was really fun and modernized, but was still lighter and more fun and jokier and that the kids, both my kids really enjoyed. So to go back a little further to the sixties where it was really campy, it didn't, it didn't quite connect with them as much. Um, so I really think this is the kind of movie where, um, they're going to make a sequel. So it must've done well. All right. Um, if you, if you enjoyed it, the sixties and if you like have, like I said, that nostalgia, um, you'll enjoy it. But if you're coming to it cold, I don't know if you're going to enjoy it that much. That's a f- kind of a fascinating amount of money to spend on kind of a niche. Very uh, niche. niche. Yeah. <laughs> Batman audience. Yeah. You know? yeah you've already, I, I mean, granted, it's a large niche if you're sure. making animated DC universe movies. Right. Uh, but you're going to take that large niche and make it even smaller <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, this, with this movie because the last of those movies have been darker, violent, right. PG-13, even a couple R's, like The Killing Joke when they animated that. That was brutal. Um, they animated The Killing Joke? Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. How is yeah. it? Yeah. The um, first half, skip, then watch the second half. Okay. I wonder so, how much Alan Moore hates that. Um, I doubt he even watched it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, he seems like he hates everything. Pretty much. Yeah. He's the, Especially if it was derived from his work. Yeah. <laughs> He's the comic equivalent of the guy just going, get off my lawn, about everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, so definitely check it out if you were a fan. Um, I'd be curious to see if you want to tweet or put on the message boards. If you're not familiar with the 60s Batman and you saw it, what did you think? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we have a sponsor. Oh, we want to do that now or we want to talk about the next doc? 
Let's talk about the next doc, then do the sponsor. Okay. We're going to tease HelloFresh. Okay. HelloFresh, a couple more minutes. Yurka, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> We're teasing an ad read. Oh, shit. Don't ad go read. away. Oh, don't don't touch that dial. This ad read's going to be so great. But before, I'm for, sure you're hungry. But before that ad read, we'll interrupt it with a movie discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So another, I um, have been watching a fair amount of docs on Netflix recently. Um, It's not because money's tight and I can't go to the movies. Um, It's because um, uh, I love docs. You like documentaries. I love documentaries. And you like streaming. And staying home. Yeah. Uh, I saw Miss Sharon Jones, which she's, I don't know if you know her. She's this amazing singer. I saw her at the Greek theater in LA two years ago. I was just turned on to her literally by my girlfriend is playing her on a vinyl. And I was like, who's that? It sounds like some woman from the the Motown from the sixties. And no, no, she's still alive. And they were like, it was literally like, Oh, she's coming next month for like, let's get tickets. And it was, it was fantastic. So, um, it's, it's about the, the doc came out in 2015. It was sort of about her, well, not sort of, it was about her struggle, I think in 2012 or 13 with, she gets pancreatic cancer. Mm. They go a little bit into her story and, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a good documentary. Um, it's tragic in the sense that she actually did pass away (laughs) earlier last year. Um, so, uh, the doc finished well before that. So it's, and I was like, God, I, I saw her perform and you're seeing what, being on the road is like a mid-level star is, you know, she's got this whole band. So she's, she, there's this fantastic story. She was like a a transit cop and she had an office job Mm. and was just singing in like the, some like wedding cover band. And then she's like, who is this woman? And like in her forties or something kind of got a career as a singer. Wow. Um, And she is fantastic and has this band, the Dap Kings, and they do it all old school. Like they, 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 the horn guys like kind of dance in unison. And, and I think they wear like yeah, matching uniforms, matching outfits, suits. Rather, yeah. And they, they, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. The, and then they yeah. give this long, like two minute introduction. The the queen of swing, this, you know, the downtown, you know, whatever. Like it's fantastic. It's, it's so classic. And then mm. she comes out and just like old school Tina Turner style blows it out. She's badass. She is yeah. badass. Yeah. Um, and so just that alone to get turned on to who she is and get her music is fantastic. But then you're seeing like the band and she's going through chemo and, um, you know, she's like, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I got miles to feed. I gotta get back out there and work, you know, like she's like, whatever, you know, Johnny's having a kid and you know, like all these guys in her band and one guy's like, you know, I just, my wife and I split up and then Sharon got sick. My friend of however many years got sick and now I'm not on the road working. And they're like, just as a performer, I was like, oh God, you know, like I know what it's like to suddenly not get as much road work or whatever and you can't pay your bills. And people are like, yeah, but you played this big venue and that big venue. That paid for that month. Yeah. Then what? It's, you know, unless you're, that level of music, you have to be on the road. You have that's to. That's where you're, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Unless you're like, I mean, there's like Bruno Mars, like that level of like, oh, my album makes three million right. a year. You have to be hustling. Yeah. And you have to be selling albums and merch after your show. You have to do that. Yeah. And, and Remember when Harry, Henry Phillips was in here mm-hmm. and he was saying like, you know, people don't realize just because I was on TV this month, just because you're on TV one month doesn't mean you can pay your rent. No. 
Yeah. It's as someone who's still doing this and still struggling, I was just like, it was like, oh, it was Itch in the gut. It really, um, but it's worth watching mm-hmm. just to know who she is. If you know who she is, you'll it's it, it's cool. And if you've never heard of her, you should absolutely watch it. Yeah, she's amazing. But it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic music doc. Um, so now we want to do the ad read. We're ready. All right, let's, get, let's fresh it up. <laughs> HelloFresh is a uh, food delivery service. It's a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Every uh, week, HelloFresh will make new recipes and give you instructions. It's about 30 to 60 minutes, we found. like uh, Ever since they've been a sponsor, we've been using it. We mm-hmm. we get I, Every uh, time I come into your backyard, I see an empty HelloFresh yes. box. <laughs> every week it shows up, and we do the... The two meals a week, and it's the family meals. And uh, every once in a while, there's something that's so amazing that uh, there, because normally you get giant portions and there's leftovers, but mm-hmm. then the kids just eat everything. Like we had uh, these pork burgers that were uh, so good. It was like pork and apple together. And then uh, there's some great pasta dishes. This week, uh, the kids are excited because it's burritos. Uh, and they're all really good. The thing I like about it too is they're healthier. Like, oh, they're such healthy food. I, you yeah. know, I got a couple of the vegetarian ones, and they send you like fresh garlic, fresh yes. clove. Like, really, that, that's mm-hmm. they are who they say they are. There's always vegetables in every mm-hmm. meal. Like, you think, okay, well, this is a uh, you know, there's there's it's a pork dinner or whatever. But no, there's going to be two sides and two healthy vegetables with it. And uh, I find, too, that's like even my wife and I have like, you know, I kind of feel better after eating a meal from them. Like, uh, you know, we're so used to, especially when you've got kids, there's just not enough time during the week to you know, make a good, healthy meal. And how, I mean, like sure. when you got, I noticed with my brother who's got three kids, like how many like pasta meals can you have? Exactly. Or pizza yeah. or whatever. That's yeah. just like quick feed the kids. Yeah. What's for what's in the what's in the freezer that we can heat up in 20 minutes? So know? what we're saying, guys, yeah. is don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's too hard to feed them. Uh, You'll spend a lot of time and money feeding them. Yes. But, uh, a million grilled cheese. Yeah. <laughs> that should so, be the title of your parenting book. Should, yeah. A million, a million grilled, grilled cheese sandwiches. It actually is if you go to my website now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we want to help you guys out to try it. There's no reason why you guys should pay full price. Uh, how about 35 bucks off your first week of deliveries? Comedy Film Nerds 35 is the promo code. Comedy Film Nerds 35. Go to HelloFresh.com. And you can choose between like the classic box, which is for two people. There's a vegetarian box. I think that's for two people. Too. You can get all the, yeah. you can make however you want to do and try stuff. And it's, right. if so you, if you like making really good food, but are busy, like you don't have the time to go to the market and buy all these very specific right. ingredients. And it's not complicated. If you don't cook, you can still do it. Oh yeah. You don't have, you can be an idiot like me. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the family box that actually feeds four. And that's the one that uh, we use. Yeah. So check it out. HelloFresh.com. All right, we interrupt this ad read for some movie talk. That's all right. What are we on? What are we on? Well, let's. Talk, I want to talk about uh, your doc, Nate. Colin okay. Hay, Waiting for My Real Life. Um, so I just watched this, and it was it was really. It does that thing that a good doc does, mm. which is I probably like a lot of people. Oh, the men at work guy. Like that's it. That's where it begins and ends. Right. right. I didn't even know he was Scottish. Like I yeah, just assumed right, he was Australian. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it it does that thing, you know, you you go into the his the quick the quick background, the history, he grew up in Scotland and then uh, this I didn't know this. This was great information. You know, in the 50s, 
they were encouraging the 50s and 60s, encouraging people from the UK to come to Australia. That, that weren't criminals. Yeah, that were <laughs> criminals. They like, and were primarily white, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is part of the conversation we had that didn't make it into the film. But yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, it was fascinating because Australia has, you know, a, a relationship with race that is strangely echoes, you know, United States of America. We've had yeah. such parallel histories, yeah. the, our, America and Australia. Yeah, totally. In terms of like our treatment of the Native Americans, their treatment of the Aboriginals. Right. Like we both were English colonies. Right. You know, and both sort of found freedoms that were really good for white people. And, right. <laughs> you know, right. like... Exactly. We both have Burger Kings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, that's corporate <laughs> evil. It's, uh, but you can see, like, when you go to Australia, that there's, uh, just like here, it's a large globalization. This is sure. This uh, is like, a little bit off the topic uh, of my, this film, but mm-hmm. we know it was a trip when we were in, when we were shooting in Australia, was that we noticed that movie theaters had 90% American films in them. Yeah, right. And I was asking people, I was like, well, I mean, I know there are great Australian films being yeah. made. They're great Australian filmmakers. And they're like, yeah, it's just, that's what sells. That's a America, giant you know, so. uh, embrace of uh, Western culture, for sure, in yeah. Australia. Yeah. We have a lot of Australian fans, you know, we yeah. when we went down there. But I think, like, my one of my favorite stories from uh, Earbuds was then talking about globalization was uh, we were going to Newman and uh, we were talking to CJ and his wife is like, you know, here in Sydney, everything's built up. You can see McDonald's and everything there. But when you go to Newman, man, there's not going to be anything. Wow. Globalization ends there and we get there and there's a subway. There's a subway. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, that some kid from Atlanta worked yeah. in. We're like, how did you yeah. get this gig? Yeah, they like shanghaied him. Yeah. Like he just woke up in a... <laughs> that was an amazing piece of your doc, by the way. I loved I loved that. I really oh. dug your film. Oh, oh thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, really... uh, so, so I want to the, the the Colin Hay thing and that the it, it it was cool for me on a lot of levels pers- connected to me personally. First of all, you have him talking at the Wilbur Theater. I've performed there, which nice. is awesome. Isn't that beautiful? Um, I love that place. It's a beautiful theater. Yeah. I, I Flanagan, <laughs> who runs Largo, like yeah. I've known him for years. We I've, both performed there. We both yeah. performed at Largo. I was just there a couple months ago, and I was like, oh shit, there's Flanagan. Um, yeah. And I was always like, oh, wow, that's right. His first name's Mark. Nobody calls him right, Mark. Right. I've never heard <laughs> Is it Flanagan or Flanny? I should have just said Flanny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but no, that was, and then, you know, the, the uh, of course, y- you know, I don't know the specific history of Men at Work, but you go into that and the quick rise to fame, I was like, oh God, that's right. They were everywhere. Massive. Massive. In a short amount of time. Yeah, really fast. Mm -hmm. You know, in 82, 83, they were like pretty much one of the two or three biggest bands on the planet, which I think we've sort of, you still hear those tunes like in the pharmacy or whatever, the grocery store. Uh, I I can't tell you how many times I would bump into them while making the film. And every time it would kind of like, I would get the chills. I'd be like, it's so weird that my life is intertwined with these songs in a way that I would never have guessed it previously. But, um, but yeah, they were massive, like huge, 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 you know, like bigger than, you know, as big as, you know, the police and even the police's huge world altering stardom actually came like a little bit after. Uh, I mean, they were big in then, but it was, I think synchronicity was their big killer. And Mm -hmm. that came out in 85, 86, I think. I could be wrong, but and and men at work were broken up by then. So yeah, men at work were massive. And then and then the breakup, and man, you get some great interviews with a guy from was it Matchbox Twenty or yeah, 
Um, yeah, Paul Doucette. Oh, God, he says something great. So you're getting people that knew them, the guys in the band. and then Mick you're, Fleetwood, too. Mick Fleetwood's yeah, in there. Great oh, how they were opening for Fleetwood Mac in Australia, and then they... In the U.S. Actually. In the U.S. Yeah, they brought they brought them over, and but, then and as they were touring, their album what went to number one or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they had a single and an album go to number one while they were opening for uh, Fleetwood for Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And then how they when they finally get to the U.S. is also right when MTV launched, so they got to ride that wave. Totally right. Yeah. And how they just had that man, you could do no wrong. Everything we did was just gold. And then the, like, you know, it's coming (laughs) and then the like band fight. And, and the thing that the guy from, from Matchbox 20 said, um, this really punched me in the gut hard as a performer. He goes, it's not how you handle the fame. It's how you handle when you don't, when you stop selling out the venue, when you stop being the number one, how do you handle that? And that was like, oof. and it took him a long time. Yeah, you see the you see the uh, progression yeah. in, in the movie. Now I noticed too your documentary. Speaking of that, it's very linear. Like you certainly yeah, didn't is. jump back and forth in time periods and stuff. Or like this is the history of Colin Hay from uh, Men at Work on, and we're going from literally his humble beginnings in Scotland to the band to the fall of the band, and then to what he's doing now. Yeah. So, what made you kind of choose to make it that? specifically linear um you know the filmmaking approach that we we wanted the filmmaking approach to really stem from colin right and colin is brilliant and he's an amazing performer um when you listen to his music you know he's not making radiohead records he's not making you know he makes like really catchy really intelligent heartfelt pop rock records um so in that we we wanted the film not to necessarily it, i didn't think the film to tell his story needed to try to do some kind of complicated like jumping back and forth down a mm-hmm. timeline mm-hmm. um his story felt like it wanted to be told in a kind of classic way in a, right. you know what i mean um yeah. and uh so what we focused a little more on was pacing and speed so like the you know the speed of the men at work thing and the rise and also the fall apart like it's pretty fast you know mm-hmm. the bites are coming at you the music's fast and it's kind of pumping. and then once you get into his darker times and then sort of his slow kind of putting things back together i think the film slows down mm-hmm. and the everything's a little quieter too so th- we tried to um approach uh some kind of I don't know. I can't. I don't have a good term. Funky way of approaching how we might tell the story in that kind of way with pacing more so than with um, uh, being nonlinear. Right. Mm-hmm. I, no, I like that effect because I I was emotionally like, oh shit, that's right. Oh man, the that's cool. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. and it slows down, and it's like his wife was like, I just couldn't be with him anymore, and the drinking and the thing, and you're just like, oh, and then the like, this trying to get back on the road, and the stories of the small, you know, six people Playing at the nobody. Oh fuck, like I've had that recently, and it's just like, <laughs> well, yeah. There's the story of like literally no one showed up, and he was still going to play. He's still going to play. Have to play. There's there's literally yeah, no like, one in the audience. You know, mate, you don't have to do. It. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right? like, and I think uh, that's a great point. I mean, I think it, um, the linear nature allows you to really see what those ups and downs were like 
you know, not in real time, but you know, in a, in a, right. in, a in a contextualized sense, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I very I liked that. I I you yes. know, it it's it's a it's a issue when you're making a documentary of as we've talked about visually. How do you make it interesting? And sometimes. Structurally, structurally, and sometimes you have to do kind of a lot of tricks and jump Mm -hmm. around or whatever. But there's nothing wrong with like you say, just straight linear, straight linear progression because it's an interesting story, and you don't gotta you don't gotta jazz that up because his you don't have to reinvent the wheel on something. And then you get great live clips from this renaissance he's been having on the road, and you're seeing him like at a he's oh wow he's got like a 400 seat theater sold out. He's not Mm -hmm. he's not in arenas but he's making a living as a guy on the road and it's just him with the guitar he's self-producing his own oh, CDs, fuck, right? man right. and he, and and you like you see you know you you used really great sound bites of this this because he sort of sounds like at these live shows i've never been to one but from your film he sort of storytells a little between yeah, songs it does it's, it's it's which you kind of use as your narration a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what uh, that's cool. That we thought that that felt unique. Like part of the storytelling that is happening is him telling his story from the stage as as his show, which is what he does. And his show is really unique in that regard. I mean, he, he, it's probably like thirty five, you know, oh, math thirty five sixty five. You know, like he talks a lot actually in his shows, and um, you're. He plays usually three or four of the old men at work tunes, and he plays them in this new way. And you know, I mean, that's in there too—the down under version that's in there. And then he's got all these newer songs that are still engaging and catchy and often heartbreaking. And then he's fucking hilarious. He's you're yeah. cracking up. You're he's really hilarious. laughing a lot in between. So you go through like actually a lot of emotions during his show. So it's kind of a unique thing. And and. And especially being just one cat on stage, right? Just, you know, it's not like a six-piece band. Sometimes he does tour with the band, but for the most part, it's, he does the solo thing, and it's it's nothing quite like it. I think. What was the first of all? How did you? Because you, I'm looking at your IMDb. You've never directed. You've been a sound guy. Yeah, I've mixed a, a million things. You've mixed but. a million things. So how did you get into a directing and the, and him? So. <clears throat> Having spent most of my career mixing like TV promos and commercials and occasionally films and way too many reality shows and, and game shows, um, I had a lot of connections and friends in post production, and I had audio lockdown. And the other co director um, was a director as well and had shot a cinematographer, director, editor. So and we had gone to college together. We'd known each other forever, and we were musicians together. I played in his band for a while. We had our own bands that played bills in Boston all the time together. So we had music, we had film, we had even like a lot of experience in the industry without having, you know, put together a whole feature, you know? So we had wanted to do something together for a long time. And on paper, it was like, I know what I can bring. You bring this. It's like, it makes a lot of sense. And he, uh, Aaron Falls is his name, had been a lifelong, like, obsessive Men at Work fan into Colin Hay solo mm-hmm. fan. I uh, had been a, a Men at Work fan as a kid, too, because you couldn't escape that music. You was, were a, right, if you yeah. were alive in the 80s, you, you listened. Heard yeah. you, heard, you heard them. My, uh, but I was, one of my most surprising things I heard was there were actually no Men at Work radio yeah. days where they were like, all right, no Men at Work today. Like, they were so... Because it was so huge. Yeah. Huge, yeah. 
So, um, but I hadn't followed it through into his solo career really, right. but, but Aaron had, mm-hmm. and he hipped me to Colin's solo music like in 2000. And I started hearing these tunes like, uh, I just don't think I'll ever get over you, which is the one that was on the Garden State soundtrack yes. oh, wow. and waiting for my real life to begin, which is, we named the film after that mm-hmm. and beautiful world, which is the, over our opening credits. These are kind of his iconic solo songs. I mean, you know, among his, um, audience now. And I was just like, these songs are so beautiful and they're so different than what he was doing 15 years ago and yes. that that's so, why Zach Braff was in the movie I finally put that together <laughs> yeah. I didn't put that together until just and, now and Scrubs and Scrubs, and the scrubs yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. right so um uh I totally just blank. Sorry. <laughs> We're talking about how you came to make this, you found yeah. Colin and making yeah. the movie. And So we, um, we just, we wanted to do something big together. Oh, right. So when I, when I, when he hipped me to Colin's solo music, he and I now together were like fans of Colin. Hey, you know, and I, that, well, but what those new songs said to me was, was like, this is a true artist who is continuously working on his craft, keeps evolving, keeps working on Because these songs are di- just so different than those 80s hits. It's not really about better or worse. It's just like they're just different. They're very different. And yeah. so that was really intriguing. And then once you just do a little digging, we're like, well, how do you go from like the top right. and these songs? And then you're like st- kind of struggling in an independent field, playing field, but you have these beautiful songs. I, it was just intriguing, and it felt like something that wanted to be told as a story. So, When yeah, did you find a, out he was Scottish? Um, as we were researching, yeah, yeah, yeah we <laughs> didn't know that. No, no we, we just we, assumed he was no Australian. Idea. I yeah, thought he was so Australian. I, yeah. it's, I wouldn't surprise, I, I'm sure Aaron knew that, actually. Right. right. I'm sure he did, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so we... So we had we had for many years been trying to see uh, can we get together can we because we were he was in Boston I was in New York so that was tricky, but in 2013 everything just kind of came together where it was like okay it's time we're gonna do something we're gonna do something big and this is like the idea that like really turned us both on so from there we had no way of getting in touch with him so we I scoured his website to find any kind of contact whatsoever and I found an email address for his um, booking agent so I called you know I wrote him an email and then he sent me a phone number I cold called him. And uh, I remember very well, I kind of gave him my pitch over the phone, and, and you could hear it in his voice. You could just hear sort of a, yeah, right, kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> and finally, he was like, well, send, you know, send us something in writing. So we had this treatment, and it had the title, and it had our, you know, just kind of what we thought the film would be and what the story arc f- felt like to us. And um, we sent it along. We didn't hear anything for maybe almost three weeks. And, uh, and then we got an email kind of out of nowhere that, like, they you know, we want to have a conversation, you know, with the aim of maybe moving forward because we think this is great. So, so that was like, oh shit, now, now what? Because we were super green, super, super green. Um, so we, you know, had a conference call with him that went well. We went and met him out on tour one night and like hung out and talked and just kind of tried to get the vibe. And, um, you know, within a month we were chasing him around the UK with cameras, uh, you know, and shooting. So nice. it kind of, it, it we pulled it together out of nothing out of nowhere. And the funding came from from uh, an angel investor, if ah, you will. Yeah, got it. yeah. We had we have a single uh, investor who who came and you know, just so then it. how yeah. long did it take? Because you shoot, there's a lot of you grateful. on the road. You're all over yeah. the place. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, we shot we a lot of the bulk of it was shot in a short amount of time. Actually, we shot most of that stuff from like. April of 2013 to maybe November of 2013. Um, but we were we shot a lot in that time. Mm-hmm. And then we picked up a handful of interviews over 2014, 
did we i don't think we shot anything and yeah i think that's it so just um, what those were just sort of like you cherry picked like oh this name wants to talk and we yeah. can shoot today or yeah, whatever right yeah, yeah. And, and and even that the names kind of happen more in that in that main those would be like oh we finally got like the guitar player from men at work that ron striker it was kind of tricky to work that out so that came a little later you know mm-hmm. it was more like that, those kind of was there still like bad bloodish or it was a little of that and Ooh. um yeah it was and he lives out in montana and he lives um like an hour and a half up a mount up a hill kind of from like Bozeman. a hermit yeah it's trippy it's it's bizarre it's, it's pretty he and he's super sweet and gave us a lot of time he was he was really cool but that was intense. Well, it uh, seems like, you know, when you look at where Colin Hay lives, too, the house that you were doing the interview with, it's definitely also secluded. I feel yeah, like, you know, after totally. the lives that these guys have had, they want a little quiet seclusion where totally. they where they live. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, in Colin's case, like where he's going to keep doing it, he's going to keep writing. Mm-hmm. You need a you need a, somewhere to write. You need a sanctuary of sorts. Yeah. You know? Especially if you can afford one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome, man. So where? So now the movie's for sale, or where? The movie is for sale. Yeah, um, it just was released, quote unquote. You know, in the last week, um, and I say quote unquote because like all the different platforms happen at different times. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So right now, today, you could go to Amazon uh, for rental or purchase. Um, Voodoo, uh, Google Play, I believe, Microsoft, Xbox, 360 or whatever. Um, uh, Sony PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's also on uh, in-demand pay-per-view, and the iTunes thing is on. You know, anyone any day now, it's going to be on iTunes. Sure. But right in this moment, it's not quite there yet. And right. DVDs are following shortly, which you can order from. Uh, we'll be able to order from uh, Amazon. And the DVDs have some cool live stuff, some stuff for his, from his new album, some cool out interview outtakes. So, oh, great! Yeah. Did you find distribution, or you did this distributed? We did. Dis- we did find distribution. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Th- at the uh, the at the Nashville Film Festival, who were very very good to us uh, last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Awesome. And that's where we met our distributor. Well, Colin, hey, waiting for my real life. Check this out, guys. It's, it's a really fantastic good. doc. You, yeah. you don't have to be a Men at Work fan mm-hmm. to to enjoy it, to just to see what this guy's journey has been. And if you loved Men at Work at all, you'll really love it. <laughs> yes, yeah, for it's, sure. It's cool. It's great interview. So um, nice work on that. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go to, uh, should we do? Let's do the trailers. Trailers. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Logan um, instead of life. All right. I think it's more important. <laughs> and a better trailer. All right. Um, so the, this is the Super Bowl trailer. This is the trailer. Super Bowl trailer. Yeah. Okay. A lot of um, um, big movies, they release extra trailers specifically for the Super Bowl. And uh, Logan... Every trailer that comes out, I just want to see this movie even more. I right. cannot wait to see this movie. It was like underneath, like an, you know, Amazing Grace, which is I know is a manipulation, but still, I fucking fell for it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at yeah, some level, all board. of this that we're doing, is yeah. Is it, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, still, yeah, and it was so good. The thing I love about this is it shows like the it's character directed by of, James Mangold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just the the vol- the violence of like Wolverine's life and then just having him, you know, try to bond with this little girl that's going through the same thing and has some of the same powers. It just looks um it looks like nothing we've seen before yeah. in a uh, Wolverine, especially not in a Wolverine movie. The guy that did 310 to Yuma is doing a Wolverine movie. Yes. I'm in. Right. Yeah. Like so. <laughs> Did, really, really good. And is this the last one that he's going to do? Is that true, or is that? Or, I thought he said that, but maybe. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. It's rumored like, that yeah. it'll be his last one, but we'll see. Right? Yeah, we'll We've see. Especially this. because if you're 
you know, if you're going to continue this kind of like um, old man Logan, you know, Wolverine kind of thing, it's sure. like, well, no, now he can keep playing. He, he doesn't have to look ageless anymore. Yeah, right? he can just right. have crazy old Logan living in a hill or whatever, right, or Logan right. under a bridge. So I, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if this is really the last it's not. one. Not. Yeah. I have yeah. I'll bet you $20 right now. It's not. <laughs> Um, and the next one is Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the third trailer from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's a shorter one, but it's it's fun. It's, I'm not. I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah, I know. I'm going. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> you don't, don't need. You, you don't need another trailer. <laughs> you, 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 you know see what's funny? Movie. I had the exact same reaction when I watched this. Show. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I, but then I thought about it. The money it takes to cut another um, big trailer for a big movie. There's money there. The money it takes to get a Super Bowl ad, is it, do we really, do you really need to spend it? It's five million dollars for a 30 second slot. I mean, we're all on board anyway. You release yeah. two trailers, we're, we're coming, we're, we're there, we're there. We're, as soon as, so I'm wondering, was this money really well spent? You could have made, you know, another movie for that <laughs> that you <laughs> just true. actually spent. Yeah, you yeah. Know, all of us could have yes. made yeah. a couple yeah. of movies. That's yeah. right, a whole bunch of five <laughs> yeah. people could have made yeah. 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 movies, yeah. you know? So uh, it, it's a weird thing where like, yeah, it was great, but I'm like, I don't know, was it necessary? Was it really? I, I know it's coming. We're in. Yeah, we're, we're going. That's kind of weird. Uh, so, so, but I would think that in this kind of climate and this kind of like boom, 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 you got to be everywhere. You got to do everything all the time. Like if they didn't, they were like, people would be loud about the fact. How come there was not a Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> uh, I can't believe that. What are they? The whole reason I watched. Yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> you, know? what, what I, do you don't have another five million dollars? <laughs> yeah. You I, can't spent just, a, I spent a hundred bucks in food for a party yeah, yeah, just yeah. to watch. <laughs> the film's gonna make a spadillion dollars. I can't yeah. believe there's nothing. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Be damned if, if you do. Dude. If there was an internet right. backlash <laughs> about not making not a trailer, making a trailer. I'm going to not see this movie because there wasn't a third trailer <laughs> yeah, during yeah, the Super Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> okay, oh I get it. Oh, my God. I'd love to see that message board thread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, All right, DVD Blu-ray. No, uh, Trolls. And uh, I will say this movie was um, better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It's still completely uh, digestible and, um, you know, it's very light. There's not much to it, but it is colorful and fun. Kids really enjoyed it. And, Did your kids like it? Uh, but they Both my kids liked it, but the thing that I did like about it too was that uh um the music the soundtrack was really good it was yeah, a mix of like old songs and new songs mm. so uh, i thought it was kind of cool the way they uh they took a little more attention to the music on it but so so it's uh if you have kids i'm sure you've already seen it uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, almost christmas this one i did not catch this was the um tyler perry competition movie <laughs> no i didn't see this i didn't see this. that was the movie they're like hey so why is tyler perry getting all this money about uh, christmas and families and you know getting together over the holidays and um it didn't get great reviews i don't know how well it did i was very curious to see it though so i might uh, my guess is he cleans up in dvd and vod and shit too, like that yeah. that's my guess i bet mm-hmm. he's like adam sandler like does decent in the box office but then just cleans up afterwards yeah, yeah. so i this yeah this movie might be doing very well on uh DVD and Blu-ray. Next movie is Loving, which is also uh, Ruth Neg, I believe, is nominated for. An she's Academy she's Award. nominated for best uh, for the uh, leading actress. Yes, I haven't seen this. That the, looks really. Good. I really want to see it. Yeah. it uh, Joel Edgerton, I love. Um, Jeff Nichols directed it. It's based on a true story. I like Joel Edgerton, but he's there's something about him that just makes me. Uh, uncomfortable. It's like that Michael Shannon. Like whenever you see him, it's like that. Well, he's but, like I, I, 
he's going to explode at any minute <laughs> on or off set. He, I feel like that kind of, he's got <laughs> he's that kind just, of presence yeah. where it's like, I don't, I, like I'm kind of afraid of this person. He just came from throwing over the yes. craft service yeah, table. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that's true or justified. I'm just saying that's the, sometimes that's the vibe I get from watching him in a film. <laughs> yeah. Like there's duct tape on yes. the wall. Just to the side of where they were shooting because yeah. he just had to punch a wall before. Yeah. Pictures up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's like Russell Crowe throwing a phone. I know you feel like at any point something's going to go. I want to see this. I think it's interesting putting this out on DVD now because it's still kind of in theaters. And I it thought. got mixed reviews, which was interesting. Like uh, some people loved it, but uh, some reviews were like, man, eh, it could have been a lot better. So mm-hmm. I- I'm definitely curious to see it. Okay. What else was it nominated for? I think just that. I think that's just the, that, I think which might be the indication. It's sort of like Jackie, like it just got one nomination because her performance was so strong, but the right. rest of the film didn't hold up. Right. Um, that I can see. So... So check it out. Uh, Justice League Dark. I'm very excited to see this movie. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier. This is the DC animated movies that are much darker and more violent. And this one is R. But I I love the fact that they're adding like the magic element, like the way Doctor Strange is with the Marvel Universe. But this one is John Constantine, Dead Man, Zatanna. So, you know, it's all the the magic heroes have to come and help the Justice League out. So it's going to be dark and creepy and weird. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, so I can't wait to see it. Now, one thing I want to mention is that their released uh, strategy with these films is very different than a normal DVD and um, uh, schedule. Because normally when you go on demand for like Justice League Dark, oh, it's everywhere. I could probably rent it for a couple of dollars. No, you can't. It is literally sale only right mm. now. There is a window where if you want to see this movie, you have to buy the DVD, you have to buy the Blu-ray, or you pay full price for the uh, digital movie on Amazon. There's no rental price right now. Oh, wow. So you then you have to wait. Then there's a window opens up where then you could rent it, and then you could get the DVD on, on Netflix uh, where you can get it shipped. But right now you can't. It's like if you want to see this movie, you have to buy it. And they figured out that the fans are so rabid for these movies that – they can make a fair amount of extra money by just having it for sale for a certain window. That seems pretty smart, actually. Yes. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is nicely played, gentlemen. And ladies, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, all right. Sp- site Spotlight. So, and as usual, the weekly film news, you want to make sure you check that out. It's got a lot of interesting stuff on there. Again, I don't know how we find some of the stories, but uh, check that out. And also, we've been getting a lot of feedback on um, LA Podfest. Big announcement coming February 15th. We got a great email about earbuds I wouldn't mind reading. Yeah, please do. Uh, Timothy Roof, R-U-O-F, Ruauf. Sorry, Tim. Um, Tim Timmy, R. Timmy, <laughs> Tim R, like an AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, good evening, gentlemen. This past evening, I had purchased the Earbuds documentary and have to say that I was amazed by the connection of all the people involved in podcasting as well as the connection of the fans. I've been listening to podcasts for a few years now, but never really realized the connection that people have from them. I'm in upstate New York, and out of the vast majority of people that I know, podcast is something that most people honestly do not understand, reminding me of the beginning of the film. (laughs) 
Believe me, we know what you're going through. <laughs> when I bring up podcasts with people, I tend to get a weird look, but regardless, I truly enjoy them. I enjoy them so much that I honestly don't listen to music too much. If there are earbuds in my ear, 99.7% of the time it's a podcast. Thank you for the accurate reporting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the kind of data we need. Um, <laughs> He's actually started his own podcast called Screen Talkers, and he's trying to learn how to use GarageBand rather than QuickTime. I would suggest Audacity. Yes. Uh, Tim, it's easier to use than GarageBand. GarageBand is for literally making music with multiple tracks. Nate could talk to you more about that than right. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Audacity is free, and it's very simple for uh, dummies like me to use. So if I can do it, you can. Um, what an endorsement. What an <laughs> Even a dummy like Graham can use it. <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, so uh, thanks for that email, Tim. We really appreciate that. And the, the feedback that people have given about earbuds has been really cool. You guys posting your DVDs and um, that you've gotten in the mail online has been really awesome. It's been great, it's yeah. It's been great. All you guys that uh, donated to the Kickstarter. We're still shipping them out, too. We're still shipping them out. It's taken a little longer, but we're still shipping them out. And all you guys that have bought it online, we really, really appreciate that. All of us at this table as independent yes. filmmakers know mm -hmm. every yeah. sale counts. We don't have $5 million for Super Bowl ads. No. <laughs> uh, let alone... We don't barely have $500 for yeah. we, any kind of For ad. anything. We were barely able to make the DVDs. Barely, yeah. Yeah. barely. And so we thank you enough. So that other group of you, though, that have been getting free content and not buying this movie. Uh, Please stop. Stop that fucking shit. <laughs> Kick some eight bucks for a download. Yeah. Go buy your buds. Yeah. yeah. Come on. It's Please do. We, we, we know there's a lot of you that haven't bought it yet. We see the numbers. Also, <laughs> we know also we know how many people listen to this show yeah. and we know how many. So there's a big disparity, yeah. guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you guys are, you know, have a modest card that you play and I, I would respect that. But I'll sit here and just say that it's really good and it's moving. Like you should buy it because it's worth it for your life to watch it, not just because you listen to the podcast. It's a good film and it will give you ideas about how to have a better life. So there, that's what I think. All right, Thanks. let's replay, Nate. So let's, and, let's, and, yes. and, if, and if you think of checking out the Colin Hay film, too, you should yeah. uh, <laughs> start at earbuds and work your way out. That's what I'm saying. That is fair. Guys, is fair you could probably get both of these movies for like 20 bucks. Yeah, not much yeah. money. Not yeah. much yeah. money. And if you're supporting more- They're well worth your time. Like the rich comedian podcasters, um, they don't need your goddamn money. And some of your heroes are assholes, I can tell you firsthand. <laughs> So uh, we're just barely fucking getting by here. Uh, I got like a couple hundred dollars to my name. My car is 250,000 goddamn miles on it. So you got eight bucks in your fucking wallet for all this free goddamn con <laughs> content that we've been giving you for the last seven years. Wow. Has it been that long? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah, we've every been doing time this. someone doesn't buy a movie, Graham drives his car around in a circle again, increasing the miles. Yeah. So. Those of you that bought it, God bless you. I would hug all of you personally if I could. Those of you who have been skating and you know who you are, yes, um, stop being cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we really appreciate it. And yes, please <laughs> support the film. Um, you know, and, and the truth is, too, is Kickstarter didn't cover the whole thing. Graham and I have actually been covering the movie for the last two years to make sure it gets finished and out so to you guys. So profits that Comedy Film Nerds has been making that normally would pay for Chris and I to have uh, food, pay bills, <laughs> pay bills uh, have gone into earbuds. Yeah. So we're, we, um, we ask you guys, if you haven't um, bought the film yet, to please do, because it will uh, help us out and recoup some of these costs. If now, you have, you are going into God's kingdom of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> 
And the other thing, too, is as we're talking to distributors, I know a lot of you guys, um, if you're not in the business, you don't realize that just because we go, uh, we sign with a distributor doesn't mean we're going to get rich off the film. No. Uh, especially Very when true. you see the deals that we're being uh, offered. Uh, so um, the main place we make money really is the site, is comedyfilmnerds.com. Whether you buy a DVD or a uh, download, it goes uh, to us, and the only person who gets a taste is uh, PayPal. So yeah. the rest all goes to us. So uh, much appreciated. Please, if you haven't bought the film yet, please do. Comedyfilmnerds.com. Thank you. Coming out this week, Fifty Shades Darker. If you go to that instead of buying earbuds, I'm going to punch you in your face. <laughs> and you would deserve it. You no would deserve court it. in the law would convict no, Graham. No. And I would just say, oh, as part of our S&M sex games. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the thing is we have to see this movie we have to do a spoiler app on this I'm going to sneak into it I will not give this movie my money darker Uh, I'm going to walk into a theater and go come on this is even just let me sit down I'll buy a popcorn but I'm not I'm not paying, paying I'm not game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really want to pull the manager and say, I go, look, you and I know how this works. <laughs> right. You guys make money from concessions. Just let me go and watch yeah, this I'll piece of shit. I'll buy a popcorn. I'll buy a pop. What do you want? Yeah. I'll buy a fucking nachos. Yeah. I'll buy, what do you want? Soda? Yeah. I'll get the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. You guys got- the, You know, I got to split it with the dumb studio who made this. You got stu- peanut <laughs> M&Ms? I'll give, you fi- I'll give you $5 in cash. Just yeah. fucking grease the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy some extra butter. <laughs> what do you want? do you know what i mean so, so yeah i in a weird way i can't wait to see this movie because the first one was so unwatchably bad and so ridiculous this one what i i'm excited about is the trailer editors don't even know what this movie is like <laughs> all the different trailers are like well is it a is it a, a a sexy romance with some dark elements no wait it's a thriller there's a ghost or somebody that keeps <laughs> she has sex with yeah, a ghost yeah. and then, it's like you know they're they're in bed and there's a person at the for the bed that she disappears oh so uh oh, it's, you know, it's, it's a uh, it's an ex-girlfriend who's a ninja or uh it's a like, shapeshifter yeah, i think shape-shifter. that seems reasonable so i i love the they fact don't that care. This, no the people in this movie do not care it'll do <laughs> the money. people who made it the people who want to go see it it doesn't Nobody matter cares. it doesn't matter uh it is reviewer proof it is it it, yeah so i i can't wait to see how ridiculous it is john wick chapter two this um, is one of those movies where you know exactly what you're getting in for. I can't imagine you I, go into that movie and I, come out and go, that was nothing like I thought it would be. <laughs> I want to see, I swear to God, if I could make a John Wick, Jack Reacher mashup, yeah. I would, if I could make those two guys come back to settle some scores or whatever, right. I'd do it. Uh Clearly, in eight years, there's going to be a John Wick, Jack Reacher film, right? There has you just, to be. You yeah. just like wrote it into the future. <laughs> there, like... There's going to be a, a uh, WCU, a Wick Cinematic Universe. And then, uh... <laughs> we'll add Jack Reacher and uh, Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the next is the Lego Batman movie. I don't know how many movies I'm going to be seeing this weekend, but I will definitely be seeing that one. With the kids are very excited. Doug Benson does the voice of Bane. Does really? really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, and he was at the premiere. He does the voice of Bane. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis is in it. And... The first Lego movie is so good. It yeah. is. It's oh fantastic. God, it's yeah. And... That's the, in our house, like with my kids, like that's the movie that my wife and I like as much as regular movies that we watch only ourselves. Right. Like, that movie's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when the kids are like, can we watch that again? You're like, absolutely. Yeah, well, we've watched uh-huh. it 20 times, I think. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because it was on HBO Go for a while, so we, right. Know, right. we watched it a lot. It's nice. a, yeah, I'm really, um, I mean, I think it looks fun. It looks yeah, like, you know. It looks hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks great. 
Um, okay. I think that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. How about it, man? That was uh, that was good times. Head by all. So, and what is the uh, LA Podfest uh, countdown going on? February fifteenth. Announcing yes. uh, dates, venue, and tickets all go on sale. And we already have some commitments. There's already a little lineup will be announced. February fifteenth. Really? Go to lapodfest.com. Are the um, the pictures on social media any indication of some perhaps confirmed shows? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe a little couple of hints were dropped. I don't know. Mm. Oh, stay right, tuned. 15th. February fifteenth. Mm-hmm. You February won't be disappointed. Shades darker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Wear your sex know. mask in front of your ghost's <laughs> girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> when you buy tickets to LA Podfest. Um, Nate Gauthan, thank you so much, dude. My it, pleasure. Thank you for having me. It great was to have great it. meeting you at NAPA. Same here, man. Yeah, it was, it was such great. a good time. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was mm-hmm. so cool meeting you at the, at the filmmaker things, Agreed. doing that doc residence. I learned so much. Yeah. And also, like we talked about earlier, felt like, oh, no, I, we do kind of belong. Yeah, I'm right. Not, I'm yeah. not a jackass. It was, it was good right. to feel like, uh, I felt like we were kindred spirits in the sense of, what the hell are we doing here? And right, we need. I, we, I certainly need. That. <laughs> we both needed that, but it was it was funny. It was but it was great. But then really everyone, you, I was like, oh my god, yeah, I didn't belong here. But then it was it was so cool. But then we did. Yeah, we did. We did. Fucking cool. yeah. And, you know, you made a documentary about Colin cool. Hay, man. Yeah, like, exactly. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I made a documentary about podcasting, which I, like, like honestly, I mean, I think it's the coolest thing in the world because I have been obsessed with podcasts for a couple of years too. Really, and, and I mean different ones and I jump around I don't I'm not always so loyal but I'm in but just the 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 medium of it is the future yeah I mean it's amazing it is amazing mm-hmm. it is an amazing thing so and I'm really glad you guys made a film about it cause thanks because it, cool. it should have had a film made about it <laughs> yeah. thanks dude <laughs> yeah. well yeah Napa was great so guys um, where, where so tell everyone again where they can find your movie Amazon um, and then all the other places where people get digital, you know, like Vudu and Google Play and uh, Xbox 360 and Sony PlayStation, and it will be on iTunes very soon. And for right now, you can also see it in in-demand pay-per-view, like your cable thing. Mm-hmm. And the title? Colin Hay, Waiting for My Real Life. And if you go to colinhayfilm.com, you can also get this information and see our trailer nice. and all that stuff. Oh, great. Go to colinhayfilm.com, you guys, and watch the trailer, and you're going to... It's a it's a fantastic film, and it's definitely worth supporting. It's... I'm just going to say super quick, too. On March 3rd, he has a new album coming out Ooh. on Compass Records. It's called Fierce Mercy, and it's a really good record. Uh, it's like his... I mean, one of the best... Maybe the best solo record he's made so far. Oh, wow. And he's touring, like, heavily. So... What one thing we've had with this film is like when we've screened it, people come like, I'm gonna go see him live now, which is awesome. And that was part of why we wanted to make it too, because we were like, people need to know how great this dude is. Right. And so check out his, his uh, colinhay.com, check out his tour mm-hmm. dates because he's, you know, music and comedy. Oh man, really. I yeah, thought yeah. the same thing. I was like, I want to see him next time he's at Largo. I'm he's, gonna bug Flanagan it's very soon. Too. Yeah, I'm yeah, going. Yeah, I texted Flanagan this morning. I was like, dude, I saw I saw you in the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so. Cool, man. Go to colinhay.com and colinhaymovie.com. Colinhayfilm. Colinhayfilm.com for the how to find the movie and then Colin Hay to get tour dates. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's been, I will be in uh, Hawaii doing some shows March 22nd through the 25th. Um, a couple shows on Hawaiian a while. Bryant's? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think Hawaiian Brian's. It's a new, James Mane has kind of handed over booking to this dude, uh, Jose, who's really like, he does radio promotion. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like doing a competition. I'm judging a competition. Then we do a couple shows on the big Island oh, of wow. Hawaii. So in Kona and Hilo, I believe. And then back to, uh, Honolulu. So March 22nd through the 25th, as soon as I get, uh, 
a website to post. I'll put that online and then, and then all this. So follow us. And then all, oh, yeah. And then my, uh, political YouTube, uh, political vigilante that I've started. We're up to 300 subscribers. Nice. Oh shit. <laughs> I just got new lights and a microphone. It's going to look professional finally. <laughs> um, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. So go to youtube.com slash Graham Elwood. Um, Anything else? Yeah, and I wanted to mention uh, I am uh, one of the writers for the Alton Wright Show that is a a show that they're trying to kickstart about basically a um, Trump supporter uh, in the the kind of the if you guys remember a show Fernwood Tonight or America Tonight yeah, yeah it's uh, actually one of the writers from there and all, it's all gray TV writers of like Mr. Belvedere and all these like uh, Silver Spoons all these old shows got together uh, they were so horrified by what happened with Trump winning they're putting together like a Fernwood Tonight type show okay. and asked me to be one of the uh, the writers for it and we'll be announcing who Alton Wright the host is uh, very soon and uh, so it's on Kickstarter right now it's just getting started it's it's very um, um, just kind of in its infancy. They put like a really long, uh, something like over 40 some days. So it just started. You could check it out. Cool. And uh, it's called The Alton Wright Show on uh, Kickstarter. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, that is our show. Thank you so much again, Nate, for being on. Thank you for having me. Check out Colin Hay waiting for my real life. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Who can it be now? Free content isn't free.